Hey everyone, this is Venetia with the Ordinary Courage podcast. And um, this is this is actually um, just going to be a bit of a raw uh, podcast. Um, we're not in the studio today. I'm actually uh, in my home office today. And uh, to tell you the truth, I don't even think I will probably have any intro or outro music um, because I'm just not that uh, <laughs> I'm not that technically advanced and um, so I don't think I'll be able to put all of that together um, and yeah it's just gonna be uh, it's just gonna be me today and so it'll be a- another bit of an ever evergreen episode um we had had a um a podcast uh, all lined up for today but then there were some um some issues uh that arose which is such as life it does that and so uh we had to bump that uh podcast to next week and so we'll drop that podcast next week um so yeah, so you guys are, um, you're, you're with me. I was going to say you're stuck with me, but you're not really stuck with me. But so you're with me today. And um, I guess uh, I, you know, it's, it's actually really incredible because we are, um, we just finished episode 10 last week and so we have episode 11 recorded that will drop next week and will now be episode 12. Uh, but uh, we're, we're wrapping up our first season. And uh, I can't believe that. I can't believe that we already have uh, almost completed our first season uh, with this podcast. And so I, I'm... I'm probably just going to be talking about a few different things, but but one of one of the things I just really wanted to reflect on is just the podcast that uh, the podcast and the guests that we have had on the show um, thus far, and just how you know when I when I started this, it's so funny when we can look back at our at our starting at, at our starts you know, and um, I did not expect this podcast uh, to do as well as it has in such a short amount of time. And um, even to be, you know, listed on Chartables, you know, Apple podcast Chartables for Canada uh, to be in the top 100 ranking in all of Canada uh, just to get the feedback that we have and you know just the comments and um, the messages and stuff like that it's been really really incredible and I just never I mean you know you obviously when you start something you hope that you know, you hope it's going to do well and you, I mean, every, no one plans to fail, you know what I mean? But, um, you hope it's going to do well and, and you want it to do well and, and, and maybe even you wholeheartedly believe it's going to do well, you know, but you still, no one really knows. Right. And so that was, you know, that was how it was for me with the podcast and, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm like, obviously pleasantly surprised, but I'm surprised at uh, what an incredible um, experience this has been so far. The stories, um, the stories that we've been able to showcase, I guess, for lack of a better word, and just to really bring into the light you know to really be able to bring into the light to shine a light on some of these issues um has been amazing and i know too that um 
you know, when I started this, I didn't really know what it was going to look like. Um, I had a general idea what I wanted to do and what I wanted to focus on. But I wasn't even totally 100% sure either what how, how it was going to evolve and how it was going to look. And yeah, just to see where it's... Um, where it's come and and what it's doing I'm uh, I'm excited and I'm grateful and uh, yeah and it's uh, beginnings we all have a beginning we all have a beginning and I know even when uh, you know when I was uh, when I did my first evergreen, which is the only evergreen episode that I've done, this will now be the second one. Uh, but I remember being in Sylvester's studio and I I thought I was like when I when I sat down to do the first um, solo episode, I thought I would be doing it, um, doing like sharing my whole story um in, in an hour, <laughs> in an hour's episode. I thought I would get my entire story uh, into one hour long episode. And it was as I was doing that evergreen episode, I, I don't, for, for those of you that have listened to it, um, you'll know what I'm talking about. But for those of you that haven't yet, I, I got to well, there was a few things that actually happened to me during that evergreen episode. And, and I, I actually, in the middle of that episode, wanted to just kibosh the whole thing. I wanted to edit a bunch of it out. I started to feel flustered and uh, just like flabbergasted kind of thing. And, and I felt like I didn't really... I just, I felt like I was having to cram everything um, in into this one hour. Like I felt like I had to, like that was like, it was some sort of unwritten law or unwritten rule or something. I, I, I don't even know where that came from for me, but I just thought that I should be able to jam pack my story into 60 minutes and uh, I wasn't able to do that. And I remember at one point, you know, during the podcast, and I just, <laughs> just felt overwhelmed at, at trying to figure out how to um, adequately articulate my story. And, you know, I did that episode earlier on in our season, too, and just, you know, feeling somewhat insecure and about even launching the podcast and doing the podcast and, and stuff like that. And it just, it just reminds me of our beginnings. It reminds me of beginnings and, and just our stories and And, you know, we, we have lots of opportunity, lots of opportunities, I should say, to have a beginning. You know, a beginning doesn't just start when we're born. That's the beginning of our, say, our life story. But we have so many opportunities at at a beginning, at a new beginning. We have an opportunity every day to begin again, to start over, to start fresh, to try again. And I mean, that's so relatable to so much that we do in life, you know, whether that's parenting whether that's, you know, in our relationships, in our marriage, or just in any of our relationships, our relationships with our children, our relationships at work, our relationships with our partners, our significant others, 
our relationships in business. And, you know, the great thing is, is that we can learn. We can learn from our mistakes. We can learn from all of the beginnings that we get to have, all of the startovers, all of the do-overs. And I, I know for me even... You know, it was after talking with Sylvester and stuff like that, after I realized that I, I didn't have to jam-pack my whole story, try and jam-pack it into one hour, that, you know, he helped me to see that there's so much in my story to try to fit it all into one hour's insanity. You know, it's never going to fit, not not coherently anyways and so yeah so I just um, I know some of you some of you maybe know parts of my stories some of you know more of my stories some of you don't even have a clue who I am and I know, I know in the evergreen episode, like I really, it's really important to me to be transparent and uh, just because I really believe in the power of sharing our stories. And I know what that experience has done for me. I know what, you know, when, when other people have shared their stories you know, they're being vulnerable and just showing up in, in really hard or ugly places, you know, where we don't really want to show up and shine the light. But when people have done that, I know how much I have benefited from that. And so I, I, um, I probably should have listened to my own evergreen episode <laughs> before doing this, but to be totally honest with you, I didn't know that I was going to be recording this tonight. Um, and so I'm, you know, instead of uh, playing a rerun of my many 10 episodes, I decided to uh, try to figure out my Adobe Audition myself and to record something myself um, and so that's that's what I'm doing you know I sometimes it's, it's I know that it can be hard to share our stories sometimes it's harder to share our stories than than we think or than it seems <clears throat> even for people that you know we feel like it must be easy for them or whatever because they do it all the time to share their stories but it's not always easy to share our stories I, um, you know, just even, again, just reflecting over some of the episodes on Ordinary Courage, I, I think about our very first episode with my daughters, with Eden and Carissa, and, and uh, with them just talking about, I know for Eden, she talked about some things that she's never shared openly or publicly before you know and just having feel having that experience of like a vul vulnerability hangover the next day sometimes those vulnerability hangovers can can last for hours or or days 
And uh, I know even the episode that, you know, was supposed to air tomorrow, um, my older daughter, Carissa, we um, we recorded, uh, you know, just a little bit ago. And, and even on that episode, she's shared some things that was really difficult for her to shine a light on too, but that she really felt was she was she needed to do and 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 she was meant to do I remember even having Earl on the show on Ordinary Courage and him talking about his some of his uh, life experiences and some of his trauma and abuse and you know and just very very recently coming out as well and sharing some of that stuff openly and publicly and so yeah it's I know for me I um just kind of jumping jumping back um to that episode that I shared um the evergreen one I think it was number two or three but You know, I, I think where maybe I'll jump in is just, um, I guess the, you know, the abuse with, uh, with my ex-husband, uh, with my girls. And, uh, I know, I know when I was sharing it before on, on the first in that last, in, in my last, uh, my, la my first last evergreen episode, but I, where I kind of wanted to just delete a huge chunk of that, um, was for me because this is really new for me, um, kind of talking about this and coming out about it. Um, and that was, um, when, uh, my ex-husband had, you know, because the abuse with Carissa started when she was, uh, she was about seven, seven, seven and a half years old. And at the time I was pregnant with my third child, uh, Elijah. But I don't, like what, what, what was hard for me was that talking about that. So when, when we first came out about that, um, and press charges and stuff like that. When Carissa was 14, the story that we tell and, and stuff like that. And we all tell it, um, like the girls tell it, I tell it, it, we're pretty open about, about that. Um, but what I wasn't open about for years, uh, was the fact that I knew about the abuse when she was seven and a half and I always left that out of my story when I would talk about it because I was deathly afraid of being judged. And I was also incredibly I I don't know if it's like I know I felt ashamed, but I I feel like there was almost more to it it was I don't know if it you know even just thinking about it right now I don't know if it was even just my own disbelief you know because you know when you're you know when you're in something say you're in a situation that's unhealthy and there's all, you know, we protect ourselves in so many ways when we are going through or experiencing traumatic uh, situations. And I, I just, I think I just was so dis, not because I believed my daughter, like I 100% believed Carissa. I didn't even doubt it for a second when she told me. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't that, it wasn't that I didn't think, um, that she was, you know, that it didn't happen. I knew it had happened, but it was, 
I think when I look back on it and why I, I never wanted to talk about the beginning part of knowing about it was because I it was just hard for me to um, I think it was hard for me to believe that I stayed I think it was hard for me to believe that I was hard for me to believe that I wanted to believe that we could get through it that I really so desperately wanted to believe that we could heal from it and that it really really wouldn't ever happen again and that I really wanted to believe that Peter wasn't sick like he wasn't I really wanted to believe that he wasn't a child molester I really wanted to believe that he wasn't a pedophile I really wanted to believe that it really was an accident I really wanted to believe that it was just a horrible horrible mistake and it was caused by stress and caused by alcohol and caused you know and I think that's why years later when I looked back on that you know when Chris was seven and she told me the first time I think I think that's what I was and maybe even still am a little bit ashamed of is the the story I wanted to believe and not maybe not so much the fact that I stayed but it was the story the story I story I told myself the story I like I didn't question I didn't question anything that I was being that I was being told I wanted I wanted to believe that my family could recover I wanted to believe that we could heal and put it behind us and I think that that is so powerful the stories that we tell ourselves you know when we're going through things because I it's you know when you know being being go, going through going through the 12 step program like going through aa they talk about talks about rigorous honesty like not just honesty but rigorous honesty rigorous to me is like without even looking that up in the dictionary when I think of rigorous the first thing I think about is it's it feels like it's like a scrap to me it's a it's a brawl it's a fight it's a scrap like you're gonna you're you're gonna get dirty rigorous like it there's some pushing and pulling and you're gonna feel it you're going to feel rigorous honesty. It's, it's going to hurt. That's what I think of when I think of being rigorously honest. And in AA, that, that's, how, that's one of the principles, I guess you could say, is that you're, you're called to that rigorous honesty if you really want to stay sober, if you really want recovery 
and sobriety, then you have to learn to be rigorously honest with yourself. And that is really hard to do. Because we, I have learned about rigorous honesty for me is really digging up the ugly truth, really looking at the ugly truth. And this all came to light for me. This was probably two years ago now. And I was out in Canmore. Um, I had, I go out to Canmore every once in a while, just to take myself away. It's like a little retreat for myself. It's actually my favorite place to be is out in Canmore. And I, I go out there by myself. I get a hotel and all I really do is write and read and I go for runs and stuff like that. It's just, it's total me time, like me and God kind of thing. We just hang out. And about, and it was probably two years ago I was out there uh, for about a week, actually. That was the longest I'd ever been out there. And I was writing my book because um, I'm I'm writing my uh, memoir or biography, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I remember getting to a place in the book as I was writing. And I was talking about, you know, the sexual abuse with Carissa and Peter and how he had abused her. And I was explaining the situation, <clears throat> um, you know, when when it all came out was public knowledge, like when she was 14 and stuff like that and picking her up from the school. And as I was writing all of this, I'm writing, typing in the book and I'm writing, writing, writing. And all of a sudden, it just really hit me hard that I wasn't being honest. And I had completely... Um, skipped over the uh, the first time Carissa had told me about the sexual abuse when she was seven and a half. And I had gotten to a part in the book where I was writing where Carissa gets into the van. She's 14. I have her two younger brothers in the back of the van with me. Chris is 14. She gets into the van. I had picked her up because she said she wasn't feeling good. She gets in the van and she says, Mom, Mommy, Daddy touched me again last night. And she said the word again. Daddy touched me again last night. And when I was typing that out in my book, I stopped because I realized it felt like I was at a crossroads right then and there. And I was terrified because I knew even just by the wording of Carissa, like by her saying, again and stuff like that if I was to tell it like it happened then I would have to go back and explain that I knew about the sexual abuse when she was seven and a half years old seven years prior seven years earlier And I was scared out of my mind to talk about that because I had kept that dirty, ugly, shameful little secret of mine hidden in the closet, hidden in my closet. I never talked about it. And that, that is, that's actually sad. 
and I'm I'm that's even just kind of hitting me now as I'm talking about this because that's what shame does no it doesn't even matter what your story is if there's any part of your story that has shame attached to it that's what shame does to us it just silences us and it shuts us down And the shame that I felt over that part of my story had totally shut me down. And so I, I remember being in Canmore, getting to that place in the story, and I realized I was at a crossroads. And, you know, I'm like, here I am writing this book, and I, I want to be wholeheartedly open and honest about my journey and, and stuff in this book and I was at a place where I was contemplating telling the whole truth about about the abuse and so I stopped writing went for a run got my runners on and just went for a long run and I I realized while I was out running that I uh, I had I had to tell the truth I had to tell my whole truth I had to tell my whole story because I knew I would never truly experience freedom or healing or forgiveness if I didn't start talking about the whole story and I also knew just from experience of sharing other parts of my story that at one time were also very hard and ugly and shameful for me to share and and just the impact and everything I've experienced since sharing those stories I knew that I would be missing out on something if I didn't also share this the only difference one one of I should say one of the only differences with this part of my story is that it wasn't just about me it was also about my daughter and I I had felt too like I had not protected my daughter because I had stayed and even though at you know at the time going through it I believed at that time, I believed with my whole heart that I had done and was doing everything I could to protect our family and help our family and help our family to heal and help our family to get through through what had just happened to us. Yeah, I So that that was 2 years ago. 2 years ago that I just barely started to share and and all that really looked like for me at the time was just coming to terms with the fact that I was going to tell the truth in my book. But it's not like my book is on any bookshelves right now. So it was still fairly easy for me to keep my, my new truth reckoning, my new rigorous honesty um, somewhat to myself. And so starting to share it a little bit uh, in little bits here and there. And then on the podcast... And that was hard. And it honestly, it's still hard. I, I, I feel like in a lot of ways, I'm still, um, I'm still peeling back the onion on this. Um, for me, and what I mean by that is just really just that, just that part of 
my story, our story. The part where I knew about the the abuse at seven and a half and then I didn't leave him. And that's that's sort of just that piece why, you know, if I had left, I would have stopped it from happening further. But I had also... Um, I mean, we, we under, underwent months of therapy, um, he went to therapy, we both went to therapy, Carissa had some therapy, and I was assured that, yeah, that it wouldn't happen again it was due to stress stuff like that this is like you know even I think back I mean this is like 20 years ago now 20 21 years ago you know we didn't talk about abuse we definitely didn't talk about you know when your husband is having issues and when your husband is abusing and being sexually inappropriate with your children, like none of that stuff was talked about. There was sexual abuse. Hardly any of that stuff was talked about. And... Yeah, this is just, it's hard. It's hard to talk about. It's hard to talk about. It's hard to talk about even still. But I know it's important to talk about because I, well, because it happened. <laughs> it happened. That is how I dealt with it. Um, you know, I I trusted our counselor at the time. I trusted our pastors at the time. I trusted the support people that were in our life at the time. I trusted my husband at the time. You know, I trusted that he was truly remorseful and was truly repentant and, you know, didn't want to do anything to hurt our family, to hurt the kids. Like, I trusted all of that. And I wanted, I wanted it to work and I wanted my family to stay together And there again, that goes, I mean, all of this stuff is so interwoven. I mean, some of that even goes back to my own childhood, goes back to my first marriage, goes back to my, you know, just validation as a person and as a woman and as a wife and as a mother and all of that stuff. I mean, it's... It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. You know, now, like now today, you know, talking about that rigorous honesty and because when, when things did break open at 14, um, for Carissa and with the abuse and stuff like that because I like I've been on my own for a long time now and I in the very beginning I purposefully uh, remained on my own because I thought oh my gosh like I knew I had baggage and I 
didn't want to just rebound in some relationship. And I also knew I, I really needed to work through my shit before I got involved with anyone. I wanted to really make sure that I just dug into everything. The only problem was is that <laughs> instead of starting like a relationship with the person, I just started a relationship with alcohol. And so instead of, you know, hanging out with a, instead of going on dates with a guy or doing stuff like that, I went on, I had dates with wine every night and that became my companion. And so obviously that, you know, stunted some of my growth and healing and things like that. Um, but yeah, being, being rigorously honest about where we are, how these things impact us, taking ownership, taking responsibility, being accountable. These are the conversations I started to really have with myself and I was able to really have these conversations with myself when I sobered up. I mean, I, 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 I touched on some of these things even while I was drinking, but obviously not to the extent. I, I wasn't able to fully dive into the work until I could sober up. And then I just really went in. Like I went in all the way, went in head first and really just tried to look at all of this, evaluate it, take responsibility where I needed to. Forgiveness was another huge, massive um, obstacle. <laughs> that was like an obstacle course. That's probably another evergreen podcast for sure because forgiveness is, yeah, forgiveness is a big one. And I, I really, I would say the words that I for, forgave Peter, but I would not let him off the hook. And that, that really is a whole other episode because that, that's actually like an amazing, um, that's an amazing part of my story when I look back, um, when I was finally able to let Peter off the hook. And I li literally, I'll just share this with you guys. I, I, I went out to Banff and uh, nailed a hook into a tree in the middle of Banff. And uh, like in the, in just a wooded part of the area off one of their paths by the Banff uh, Springs. And I nailed this hook into a tree and that was my little ceremony for, because I was finally able to let Peter off the hook for everything. Like not just all the sexual abuse, but even, you know, the domestic abuse, even with me, not paying child support, being um, abusive with his the kids even after the divorce and after everything was over like it there was so much it just and I was finally able to let him off the hook for everything and so yeah forgiveness is huge too it's huge but it all starts I believe with being able to be rigorously honest with ourselves. And I mean, that doesn't mean that you have to like jump on a podcast and tell everyone <laughs> your, the, all your ugly truth. Maybe it's just telling one person first, you know, and maybe, maybe that's where it starts and stops for you. And that's okay too, you know. I, ju I just know for me, I know that 
sharing my story and share like sharing my many stories I guess you could say because I have many stories sharing my many stories um, is what I'm called to do and I, I really believe that you know I really believe that part of the other part of what I'm called to do is helping other people to tell and share their stories and just to shine a light on some of these issues that are ugly that we don't that make us uncomfortable that we maybe don't even really like to talk about you know it's it's uncomfortable even even to just even look at ourselves sometimes like you know even when some some of these things that can happen to us aren't even our fault but then we can carry them in such a way and for for so long that it impacts us and we can allow them to keep impacting us and then it gets to a point where it is on us and where we do have to do the work to let it go and that's the piece that we need to be accountable for and you know to have the rigorous honesty for that's a part of it that's a part of it but I know for me being rigorously honest has been like my saving grace it's been a saving grace for me it's been brutally hard to be that honest but it has also freed me and I've experienced freedom like I I actually it's hard to even explain just how freeing that can be and so I I believe in being rigorously honest I believe in doing that tough work doing that hard work digging that stuff up digging it up digging it up digging it up you know uncovering our feelings and thoughts and then digging those up to uncover even more feelings and thoughts and then digging those up to uncover even more feelings and thoughts until we get down to the to the rawness which usually ends up what I have found so far to be fear our fears and our own worthiness and feeling unworthy our unworthiness our fear of unworthiness I uh, <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have time to edit this this is really um, a very raw evergreen episode Uh, yeah, I, uh, we've been chatting now for just about an hour, which is hard to believe. Um, I guess I'm going to close with just saying that actually a couple of things. I'm going to close with, with just the reminder that every day is a new day. Every day is a new beginning and actually even in our day we can have a new beginning even if you, the day has been going crappy for you and it's three o'clock in the afternoon you can start over I've I learned that a long time ago that to just give myself permission to start my day over maybe the first six hours sucked and were horrible and were whatever whether that was in my control or out of my control but I could start over I could just choose to start my day over 
have a new beginning, a new start. So I just, I just want to encourage you guys with that, just that every day is a new day. And also, the beauty of rigorous honesty. The, the ugly truth. And wrestling with rigorous honesty. Wrestling with the ugly truth of our stories. And how incredibly freeing that can be when when we can when we can be rigorously honest when we can come come forward so i um i just hope you guys are having an awesome week uh we actually just had the terminator run this past weekend and it was phenomenal. It was amazing. Um, just so grateful for all the support for that. And uh, so grateful for you guys, for all, you know, everyone that's subscribed and downloaded. Oh, yeah, I got to say that too. Yeah. So it's <laughs> the Ordinary Courage podcast. And you can find us on uh, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts, actually, you can find us. And um, yeah, I hope you guys are having an amazing week. And I will see you guys, talk to you again soon. See you on the social platforms. And uh, appreciate you, you guys, appreciate you tuning in and listening. And uh, thank you for... Uh, being a part of the Ordinary Courage family. Okay, have a good night.